We're recording this at 7.30 on May 9th, so by the time you hear it, Liverpool has already taken their corner kick. <laughs> no good? No one's gonna get that <laughs> Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that wonders if the Islanders know they can play more than four games in a playoff series. I'm Stuart Jones and with me is Darren Plett. Hello, I'm Darren Plett. Darren, the first round of the playoffs are over. The second round of the playoffs are also over. <laughs> Man, I'm a couple weeks behind. <laughs> but uh, before we get to the uh, whole playoffs review, there was some uh, big news around the league that I feel like we should at least touch upon. Absolutely. Yeah, so after months of speculation, it was finally confirmed that Kelly McCrimmon has been named the new general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. Wait, that can't be right. Yeah, that doesn't sound like big news to me. Yeah, no. Don't wait. they have a general manager? Hang on a second. He was a shoe in for the Oilers' job. Everybody said he was, right? No one, like, thought he wouldn't be the new Oilers' GM, except me. But, you know, what the heck do I know, right? <laughs> So, you know, uh, no one said anything about how McPhee wouldn't let him leave because he's too good. Oh, except me. But anyways, what do I know, right? <laughs> you were really patting yourself on the back hard at the beginning. Yeah, I was super lucky. Uh, but anyways, what actually happened, as I'm sure many people have known, is Ken Holland was hired as the new Oilers general manager. So mm-hmm. as a Alberta hockey podcast, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about him over the next few months. But just to kind of start it off, just briefly, I'll just mention that I've already spoken my concerns about him in the episode where I talked about the GMs. I think it was called Mathematical Contention, if you feel like going to listen to it. Um, So I've already said my piece about him. I did say that I was kind of hoping he'd be hired as a poho to mentor Keith Gretzky as a new GM. That didn't exactly happen, but Keith Gretzky is theoretically going to still be the AGM for the Oilers so hopefully they can kind of work well together Keith can kind of bring in his amateur scouting and drafting success which I think is a lot of Holland's weaknesses and uh, you know maybe they can make a good pair if they work well together so I'm cautiously optimistic but we'll wait until some those guys kind of actually do things before I you know throw too much shade in their direction if that's what the kids are saying these days well uh, they're probably not but that's <laughs> that sounds right to me i have to admit that i was super confused when i saw the headline that mccrimmon was vegas's general manager because i thought wait a second isn't george mcphee vegas's general manager and i haven't heard anything about him getting fired because that would be absurd and i had to google to realize that he was their president of hockey ops as well and i guess just hired himself a replacement in McCrimmon, or how did like how I th- exactly I did think that work? McPhee was just a GM before and got got promoted or promoted himself <laughs> to Poho. Okay. I'm not entirely sure, but again, like I, I'm convinced it, it was like a move to keep McCrimmon in oh, Vegas, probably because I'm you know I'm pretty sure he was as everyone said the front runner in for the Oilers search well and anyone that would have been looking for a GM from this point on would have been asking him as well so well uh, and again like I discussed in that previous episodes like he would have been a no-brainer for Seattle based on how he built that Vegas team from scratch so but yeah McPhee was like no I will just 
do this job instead and you can have my job because you're that good at it i i also have my concerns about ken holland being right for the job in edmonton of course he he was the gm of detroit for a very long time and detroit's been a very good team for a very long time but since the cap era began ken holland hasn't been terrific at managing the salary cap as a matter of fact detroit has been languishing near the bottom of the standings for a few years now and they have the highest cap hit in the league still so that kind of tells me that he's not really good at managing the cap he's signed some below average players to above average contracts and i don't think that's going to fit with edmonton but he could surprise us because he's been around the block he is like widely respected as a hockey executive so i think that he knows what situation he's walking into and it's already as bad as it could get basically <laughs> so I don't, I don't think he could screw it up anymore but hey i could be surprised well to be fair the oilers i believe were 25th in the league this year and detroit was 28th so it could get worse <laughs> oh but yeah i totally agree there was They've uh, only, Detroit has only won one cup since the uh, cap was introduced in after the 0405 lockout. Um, but again, only. That's more than the entire country of Canada combined, so. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, you know, maybe uh, Detroit has had a greater period of adjustment since the cap and maybe it was just too slow um but i think he's probably learned some lessons from that and hopefully he can do something with it well hopefully for one of us at least yeah. i think that's about all the news we can handle for alberta hockey teams right now yeah I, i'll admit that was more than i was expecting to talk about this <laughs> As we discussed, round two of the playoffs is now over. Mm -hmm. We're heading into the conference finals. And uh, just a quick update on our Battle of Alberta podcast bracket league thing, which all of our many nine fans are involved in. <laughs> to be fair, that's a pretty high number. That's almost double digits. Yeah, almost. I'm proud. Well, two of them are us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to bring that up. Anyways, so two people in that league still have possible points. Really? <laughs> Seven people are completely done. No more improvement. Uh, Eric.2, which I don't get that because there's only one Eric in our league. <laughs> but anyways, congratulations to Eric.2, who is currently in the lead with 83 points and still has a total possible points of 283. How? What? How did he do that? He has Boston winning the cup. Which, oh. frankly, I spoiler alert, I think he's going to do very well in this yeah, bracket. Yep. Uh, the other one still remaining, we had a shout out for him last week, uh, Mark.1. He has 45 points and total possible points of 195 because he has St. Louis winning the cup. Wow. Which I thought was a bold choice, but hey, he, who looks crazy now? Yeah, he's looking strong there. That's, that's also a good choice. Those two guys. They're going to duke it out, I think. The rest of us have kind of fallen by the wayside in a tragic fashion. Yeah, the rest of us are uh, are done. We're, we have no more Completely possible done. points to yikes. get. Yikes. Big yikes. But after the first round destroyed everyone's brackets, mm -hmm. 
the round two just happened, and that was more reasonable? For you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. According to our predictions from last week, you actually wound up looking pretty well off, I'd say. And for myself, I believe I got one series winner correct, so... Clearly, you know who to look to for the accurate predictions after this week. I feel like the second round is just so much easier, on not only because there's less teams, but like you never know how the playoffs are going to start. You never know how a good team like Tampa or the Flames are going to play in the playoffs. But once you start to see how these teams are actually taking the playoffs, like how they're playing it seriously or doing poorly struggling with certain things you can kind of see how that's going to play out for the rest of the playoffs at least that's been my understanding once once i see those first few games i can kind of tell how a bit more about how things are going to go yeah i can't apparently <laughs> I, I had uh, the islanders winning it in seven you know i had colorado winning it in seven i guess that was only one game off there one goal off even no wait dallas st louis was the one that went to overtime Yes. Either way. And then I had uh, Columbus, you know, blanking Boston because 16-0 Columbus was the dream. Yeah, so for some reason the Boston Bruins were not uh, on board with that 16-0 dream. I don't get it. What's up with that, right? So they just kind of steamrolled over Columbus and they're probably going to continue to do the same, unfortunately. I guess we'll get to our preview of the next round in a minute but uh let's quickly go around uh series by series through round two uh starting in the east where in the metro division where the sweepers got swept the sweepies been sweepered uh, the newsmakers got news made yeah basically uh crosby sacrificed another few brain cells to the hockey gods for vengeance <laughs> brain cells <laughs> yikes uh, that seems to be his one weakness is concussions <laughs> and interview answers okay yeah fair enough anyway so the hockey gods gave him his gift and avenged him by making the new york islanders who swept the penguins in the first round get swept by the hurricanes yeah i think this 100 percent comes down to the facilities used it, that's a theory. Yeah, that is a theory. It was even a theory floated by Islanders players themselves, who were some of whom were quoted as saying that Carolina dodged the fact that they didn't have to play in Nassau Coliseum, which is the crazy old building. I believe we've mentioned it in the last couple of episodes, but they had to play in Barclay Center, which is actually set up almost entirely for the purpose of basketball, and hockey's kind of an afterthought. Uh, we were looking up pictures of Barclay Center, and... Uh, it's just like it doesn't utilize sight lines and doesn't utilize space nearly as well for hockey. And you want to know the most aggravating part of that arena mm. is the Jumbotron is off center. Can you imagine playing all of your home games in an arena where the Jumbotron is completely off center? I, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. Like, either. is it just mildly off center? No, it's, it's like over top of like one of the zones basically and it's off center both ways so okay it's just an odd building apparently it's phenomenal for basketball and for hockey it's just an absolute travesty and this is affecting players how <laughs> i don't think it is i don't think it is that was just i was just throwing that out yeah there for fun national no, coliseum I... is undoubtedly more fun to play in yeah but they still sold out Barclays Center, and it was still a madhouse. It just 
it looks like an awkward place to play but that should not affect the players at all yeah no i yeah i i get it it's it's a crowd thing for sure the the crowd's gonna you're gonna feel the crowd get behind you a bit more in nassau but uh, yeah yeah, uh, it was unfortunate that that series swept because uh, I had said last episode that I was really looking forward to watching these two exciting teams go head-to-head. But then by the time I had turned around, the series was over. I, I didn't get a chance to show up to any of these games, and by the looks of it, neither did the Islanders. So I guess that's it. That's it. Yeah. Game over. I picked the Islanders because... They displayed some pretty stellar defense all year and solid goaltending, but I think they just forgot how to score against Carolina, and that's not entirely surprising. They don't really have a bona fide offensive superstar. They have Matt Barzal, who is good, but he's very young. So I think that team just needs like a couple of high-caliber, points-only kind of players, and they'll be just fine. They were kind of the grinded-out defense underdogs this year, and their lack of offense eventually failed them. But still a pretty awesome run for a team that wasn't expected to get very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I had Carolina winning it, but I think I, if I picked a number of games, I don't remember if I did. I, th- I think I said seven or so because I definitely did not expect a sweep. No. I thought they'd put up much more of a fight than that. So game over for them. Game over. The Atlantic Division, we already kind of covered the Bruins not willing to concede that whole 16-0 historic victory for Columbus. I had hope. I had dreams. Yeah, I, I got not... I don't have much more to say about that. Boston beat Boston and Columbus. Well, they surprised us getting that far, so... That's true. I am surprised that they faltered that much after disposing of the Lightning, but Boston does just look solid all around in every aspect of the game, so I suppose it's not shocking that they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, I I was, was kind of surprised how much of a fight Columbus put up <laughs> against Boston, but uh, I think they lost in six in the end. I'm more interested to see what Columbus does this offseason now. That will be an interesting experiment. Now that they made it into the playoffs and swept the Lightning, but then didn't make it past that... What happens there? That's that's will be fun to watch in the offseason, but for now, Boston moves on into the conference finals. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any of those 17 or so Blue Jacket players <laughs> that said they're not coming back next year, if any of them is going to be like, well, you know what, this team ain't half bad. Maybe I could stick yeah, around. Maybe, but... maybe we could make some noise. I don't know. Yeah, and if not, this is going to be like one of the more exciting free agent seasons. Yeah. Uh, based on Columbus's team alone, no so doubt. that'll no be doubt. fun. So in the Western Conference, uh, the uh, Central Division, some teams played hockey. Yep, and we uh, all paid attention. And a double OT game seven almost made people interested in it, and then Patrick Maroon ruined it by scoring and ending the game. I miss him. Do you? Yeah, yeah. He looked good on McDavid's wing. I'll give him that. Yeah. Could have used him this year. Exactly. I hear he could have been had for less than $2 million. I would have paid it if, if it, like, Torelli had called. I would have ponied up. <laughs> I don't have $2 million, full disclosure, just in say, case anyone's asking. We have a severely lacking podcast set up if you have $2 million. My goodness. But that was a more interesting series than I think I was willing to give it credit for. And the fact that Pat Maroon scored in the double overtime for St. Louis is quite an interesting storyline because he is 
born in St. Louis. He's from St. Louis originally. And he wasn't really being offered anything in free agency, at least not anything that he was interested in. I believe teams were kind of lowballing him. So he signed in St. Louis, his hometown, for one year at $1.5 million, which for a player that played pretty well, such as himself, is kind of a bargain to be honest and he didn't necessarily play great all year but in the playoffs he's really becoming the hometown hero and we talked about this before the podcast but Mm -hmm. uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned in their 31 thoughts podcast that there are players that get you there meaning the playoffs and then there are players that get you through the playoffs and he specifically mentioned Pat Maroon as a player that gets you through and he could not have been more right or more of a prophet in that regard yeah because Pat Maroon didn't have the greatest regular season he was by no means like a, a deficit on St. Louis but he was just another depth player and now he's that guy that has got them through to this point, basically, scoring huge, timely goals in the playoffs for them. Totally agree. He's uh, not going to do a ton for you sometimes, but uh, all of a sudden, light switch goes on and he's ready for playoff hockey. Mm-hmm. Kind of how we uh, had discussed, we thought James Neal was going to be. But, yep. Uh, yep, that's what we thought James Neal was going to do. I, I'm still convinced, and I, I told you this the other day, I'm still convinced he just had a shorter window than he was expecting. <laughs> Usually it's like he plays with Pittsburgh and he's like, okay, well, I'll turn the Jets on in round two or something, and then, oh, wait, we're out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's not, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so finally in the Pacific, old Joe ain't gonna go down to no young whippersnappers yet. Joe's still clicking along on his walker somehow. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> the old Joe not going down to young whippersnappers has been the headline in San Jose for the past eight years. Yeah, basically. So, uh, TBD if the end of that story is actually any different this year, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know. Uh, an interesting series. Uh, I th- this was the one I had wrong uh, for round two. Uh, I thought Colorado was I. They played really well against Calgary. Calgary played poorly yeah. also, but I you know Colorado was just very fast and very strong offense. So. I thought they were just going to skate circles around San Jose, and to San Jose's credit, they put up a brick wall, and they were tough and just bullied those kids around. Yeah. To me, it's surprising that uh, San Jose's goaltending has stood up as well as it has. That, to me, is their biggest weakness. They have a really good team on the ice, but goaltending's a huge factor, and Martin Jones had been really shaky all year and has pretty shaky playoff numbers to boot, but... Colorado just wasn't quite able to capitalize. They gave them a really good fight, obviously, taking it to seven games. Yep. And uh, it's not that surprising of an outcome. Colorado came really close, but San Jose's team is just really good, and as long as their goaltending can hold up, I think they will do some damage, as they have been already. Yeah, and I should clarify, when I say San Jose put up a brick wall, usually that means goaltending. Not really the case with San Jose, but they just have such strong defense yes, and such big, tough defensive forwards that like your goaltending doesn't need like you still need good goaltending but doesn't need to be you know a plus caliber to get you through to get you deep into the playoffs and captain joe pavelski coming back after getting hit in the teeth and scoring a goal and probably losing a significant number of teeth and then getting that cross check which 
uh, wasn't really a penalty, but again, he smoked his head on the ice and was bleeding out of the head, and now he's back again. Yeah. And he's kind of asking for it, but that's still really impressive. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> now, <laughs> I should say, I still think that was a penalty. <laughs> yeah, like a two-minute penalty. Yes, it was not a five-minute major, but Vegas, get over yourselves. You also yeah. shouldn't have let in three goals. Yeah, obviously. Moving on. <laughs> Oh wait, that's all of them. Yeah, that's that's the second round. That that was the whole second round. It, it like gets smaller every time by half. It's yeah, kind of weird how that works. So now we'll uh, I guess move on to the third round, and it should take us thirty seconds to get through this. I'm sure. Exactly. Conference finals. Here we come. Let's start with the West. I feel like that's going to be more of a question mark. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. So, like, I was thinking about this. I feel like we really missed out because the Avs stars would have been a much more fast-paced, high-scoring sort of series. And, uh, yeah, we kind of got the brunt end of the deal on both ends there. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to look at the silver lining because, as we mentioned last episode, with St. Louis and San Jose, neither of them have won a cup yet. So mm-hmm. at least we got some fresh faces in the finals. Well, both of those teams have been in the finals and choked where it mattered. <laughs> but <laughs> at least we have some uh, fresh faces, you know, recently and might have a new cup winner. Hopefully. But uh, in reality, though, this series will be good. It won't be the high-speed scoring that Dallas-Colorado would have been. But as I had mentioned about the Sharks before, they are a tough, brutal team. And St. Louis is fairly similar. Yeah, very <laughs> So much. that is going to be like a brick wall hitting a brick wall. Like, it's going to be fun, but very hard to watch. Like, yeah. it's going to be tough, brutal, and grindy hockey. I feel uh, like it's going to be on the verge of MMA, basically. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be interesting for sure, but uh, like, I, I think because of that, it, it's so hard for me to say who's actually going to come out on top, because it's... Who could possibly survive? I Like, I don't think either team can survive this series, but I I do have the Sharks winning it in seven. Okay. But they're going to be a bloody pulp by the time they get out of it. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, I have the Blues winning in seven, which, I mean, we're not far apart on that. No. We're just kind of 50-50 picking whoever (laughs) we think can crawl out of the carnage of that one. I'm banking on hometown hero Pat Maroon doing a few more heroics. Once you have that taste of like heroism in the playoffs, I think that's something that kind of continues. We've seen that a lot in hockey playoffs is the one guy that puts his team on his back and just scores all the big goals. So I think St. Louis is going to come through. Also, Jordan Bennington, their goalie, he doesn't get mentioned enough probably just by us, but he he doesn't get mentioned enough for the kind of season he's had. He's just been absolutely flat out amazing. So I've picked against the Sharks for the first two rounds, and I feel like if I pick them now, they'll lose just to disappoint me one last time. (laughs) So I'll I'll go with St. Louis to see if San Jose will finally give up the ghost. Yeah, uh, I also picked against the Sharks two rounds in a row and uh, (laughs) proved to be wrong. So apparently I'm not going to double down on my against the sharks i'm finally a converted shark 
believer, I guess. I have a hard time cheering for San Jose because they're in the same division as the Oilers and Flames. So cheering against or cheering for a Pacific Division rival, especially one of the California teams, is hard for me. But I wouldn't be sad to see Joe Thornton get a cup. Yeah, he he just deserves one. Yeah, it's true. I yeah, same. I can't cheer for california by any means uh but i can cheer for joe thornton yeah so i guess i'll you know kind of let that work itself out exactly (laughs) in the east i hope the canes prove me wrong but i just don't see anything stopping boston at this point but like come on boston do you really need another championship this year like <laughs> sure the Bruins haven't won in a while but like you won the World Series you won the Super Bowl uh, Celtics suck but you know <laughs> like let's let's not give them three out of four that's well, uh, the Celtics don't even suck they're a good team too so it's not like they're hurting there uh, I'm with you there they don't they don't deserve any more happiness sports happiness in that town and Marshawn's a dirty rat I would be sad to see him get a cup <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Chara or you know any of the other players on that team getting a <laughs> right, cut. But yeah, yeah. Marshawn, like that punch in the Columbus round, he punched a guy in the back of the head when he thought the refs weren't looking. Like Marshawn doesn't understand that cameras exist. Right. Like, why does he do things like that? I, I cannot cheer for a guy. He's talented. Obviously, he's talented, but yeah. I can't cheer for a guy that does stuff like that. So I really hope Cal- uh, Carolina comes through. I also appreciate. I've been reading more than anything about the games recently and seeing what other people's views are on the series and i've come to realize that most people just call the hurricanes the jerks now (laughs) that's their name and someone i read a forum post by someone that said the jerks is probably going to go down like a broad street bullies kind of nickname where it just sticks like this was the jerks era of carolina which i think is kind of fun but i do have boston winning in six games they're just too good i don't want them to win i want the jerks to win but they're just really good and they've been steadily chugging their way through the playoffs which is kind of an indicator to me that they won't really stop until the finals yeah uh exact same i have the bruins winning in six as well uh you know carolina is going to put up a fight I think they are still a good team, but yeah, pretty much exactly like what you said. Boston is an unstoppable force at this point, and I don't think anything, unfortunately, in the East or West is is going to stop them. Prove us wrong, Carolina. Please prove us wrong. Please, please do. All right, that is it for this episode. Thank you again very much for listening. Please be sure to rate us on your podcast app. This helps us get noticed and put at the top of all the lists when other people are looking for new podcasts to listen to. You can catch us on our next episode after round three. Once again, our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. I'm Darren Plett along with Stuart Jones. Thanks again for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.